up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? The NFL free agency is currently underway, and boy, has it been exciting. Probably one of the most exciting free agency moments and time that I've feel like has been years. Like I don't feel like it's been this crazy in a long time. Guys are going everywhere. The salary cap is lower. Guys are getting cut. Guys aren't signing as big of deals, but at the same time, we have the high, we have the highest paid fullback. We have the highest paid left tackle, and guys are just they're going new places. Teams are being rebuilt. Teams are losing guys. The Las Vegas Raiders. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. The Raiders are going to Raider. It is nuts. There's so much for us to talk talk about here with free agency. I'm excited to get into it. The plan for today's episode is to go down the free agent tracker on NFL.com. Trace and I are going to go back and forth on teams, and then we're just going to discuss the the major moves that stick out to us um, and things that we think stick out um, in terms of what's going to help a team or hurt a team on guys that they added or maybe lost. So let's go ahead and get this started uh, with the Buffalo Bills. They're first here uh, starting in the AFC East. They have added Emmanuel Sanders. They kept Daryl Williams. They were able to keep Matt Milano, and they uh, were able to keep Levi Wallace. Um, the big news here, getting Emmanuel Sanders, you get a guy who is older. I think he's like 34 years old, but he is a pristine route runner. So that means that guy is going to be exactly where he needs to be in his route when you're going through your reads. And that is huge for a quarterback, no matter the age of the receiver. If he can run his route crisply and he can create some sort of separation and catch the ball, that's going to be huge for the Bills, especially with the loss of John Brown. Keeping linebacker Matt Milano, though, is another big deal. He gets a four-year, $41 million contract. $21.5 million in the first two years. You love to see that for the player. You love to see it for the team. And the fact that they were able to keep Daryl Williams as well to a three-year $28 million contract with $14 million of that guaranteed. Hey, the Bills are making the right moves and they're helping their team as they are honestly on a true redemption tour with the way that they performed in the AFC Championship game and losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, uh, for me, Milano is just a huge one, right? You got to keep him for the anchor of that defense. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders is a good get. That's going to be a deadly four wide receiver combo. Obviously, this team has turned into a pass-happy offense. Uh, We obviously saw that in the playoffs a lot, and now they're going to be having Gabe Davis. We're going to have Diggs. We're going to have Sanders, and then we're going to have – what is the little white dude's name? Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Um, all four of them out on the field at one time, they all can do something different. So, um, yeah, I know I said it last year, but like the problem is Josh Allen's not going to be that sleeper, uh, MVP vote like he was last year, but like, man, he, he's going to, he has the weapons to do it. Um, so really good, honestly, good for the bills because they didn't have a ton of cap space. So honestly, it was good to just keep their guys and then add another weapon. So I think, you know, a solid thing for them. They're going to be very similar to the team they were last year, which was obviously very, very good. Uh, moving on to the Dolphins. So they bring in Jacoby Brissett, who's going to be that backup role. Uh, it's a one-year deal, basically $5 million with incentives that could go up. Uh, they brought in Malcolm Brown for a running back position. Uh, coming, from the, uh, for coming from the Rams, um, very small deal, so worth the risk there. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, they end up trading. We talked about that last time. Uh, they end up trading for uh, McKinney, the linebacker as well, which they end up trading Shaq Lawson, who was one of their big free agent signs recently. Um, ends up trading that with like a swapping sixth and seventh round picks. 
Um, so another good linebacker position, but to me, I didn't know if that really made a, a, a ton of sense for either team, honestly. I, I, I'm not really sure what the big incentive was to trade those two. Um, the big thing for me was Justin Coleman signing there, one of one-year deal worth about $3 million. He was a huge signing for the Lions and played very well for the Lions. Uh, he's going to be missed there. A good little slot cornerback there to go along with their two big guys and then Xavier Howard and then Byron Jones. Uh, they, they, I think, realize that the bills are going to be pass happy. And then when we get to the Patriots here in a second, you're going to realize that they're going to be wanting to pass the ball. You have to have as many cornerbacks on the field that you can trust at one time. That is why this signing was so big. Exactly. And I love the addition of Justin Coleman, just like you said, trees, but another thing that I'm kind of looking at here, uh, you add McKinney as well. That helps your linebacker core right there next to Baker. Um, so boom, you're right there with a great linebacking core, in my opinion, um, in that addition. I also think with them signing Justin Coleman, that doesn't mean that the Miami Dolphins are out of the race for Deshaun Watson because there's been rumors that the Texans want at least two or three defensive players. You signing Justin Coleman means you're okay and it's not as big of a hit if you were to trade Xavier Howard to the Houston Texans in return for Deshaun Watson. Again, that's just going to be a part of the draft pick or part of the, the trade package for Watson. Um, that's just kind of how I read into that with the addition of Coleman is like, if we lose Xavier Howard, we still want to have some veteran and, you know, decent players at corner. You get that right here. Uh, moving on for the new England Patriots. Uh, you talk about a team being busy the first couple of days. It's these bad guys or it's these guys right here. I about said bad boys. They're not the bad boys anymore. They lost Tom Brady, but they're in the process because this is something I tweeted out. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but this, what they're doing this off season is exactly what they did in 2000 or 2001 when Bill Belichick had his first season as a head coach and they, won like five games. I think they went like five and 11 or something like that or six and 10. It wasn't good. That next off season, they go and sign like 21 or 22 free agents. And then they got lucky with uh, drafting the goat and Tom Brady in the sixth round. And then he comes in the next year and you're like, okay, holy shit, look at this kid ball out. But it was the additions and free agency that helped them get over the hump and keep them as a competitive team. The Patriots are doing the same thing. Yes, they bring back Cam Newton on a one-year deal up to $14 million. He's not coming off an injured year uh, where he sat out the whole – missed pretty much a season. Um, so he's getting paid, right? He's getting – that is backup quarterback money in my mind. And here's my whole point of this. They have added Nelson Aguilar, who had a big year with the Las Vegas Raiders. They bring in Hunter Henry. I was a year ahead of this prediction. Kendrick Bourne. And that's a good, but you also bring in Johnny Smith. So the fact that you have Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, they're not going to be the same guys as Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. It's, they're just not going to be up to that level. But the fact that you add the two tight ends that Bill Belichick loves to have in his offense, um, that they love to be there. They also go and trade for Trent Brown. They re-sign their center. They add to their defensive line, to their linebacker. They bring back Kyle Van Noy, a huge leader. You get a pass rusher, Matt Judon. You add to the corner, you bring in a safety in Jalen Mills. I mean, holy shit, you are spending money, Bill Belichick, and I love to see it because now this means they can take all their draft picks that they have and trade it for the quarterback of the future. Now, who is that? I don't know because how far up are the Patriots going to be able to go? Can they get in front of the Panthers and can they get to seven? Can they trade with the Detroit Lions? That's the question. 
if they can, and let's say a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance has somehow started to fall, that's who they're going to get. And if they get Trey Lance, if they're able to get even higher than seven, if they're able to get all the way up to like four or five, and if they're able to get to four and trade with the Atlanta Falcons, let's say the Falcons are like, hey, we're fine with Matt Ryan for the next couple of years. We're going to be okay. If they can find, they're not going to be able to trade at three because Miami's not going to trade within division and neither are the Jets at two. So really their best bet is to get to pick four or five in terms of trading up, maybe six with Philadelphia if you're lucky to get a quarterback if they're starting to somehow fall and we don't see a quarterback get drafted within the first five picks there. If the New England Patriots get to four, we're clearly going to see that. But again, if they get a trailing answer for Justin Fields, who can be comparable to Cam Newton and what he is in that offense, but they're going to be younger, healthier, and stronger, look out for what the New England Patriots are going to be. I just went on a huge rant there, Trees. I'm sorry, but that's just kind of what I see here in the similarities from what the Patriots were, their first fail, se- their first failing season with Bill Belichick to where they are here. It's like history is repeating itself there in that franchise. Yeah, it is in a sense. I, I, I can agree with that. And obviously I love all of these moves. They, they ended up signing a lot of the guys that I wanted the Jags to sign. So um, really great Great first couple of days in free agency for them. They're going to be doing great. Um, the biggest thing is that quarterback position. I just can't trust Cam Newton. So um, to your point, they got to trade up and get one. If not, I just don't see how they're going to be, uh, I don't know, 11 win team. I mean, they were already what, seven and nine. So I think that, um, I think nine and seven is probably pretty realistic if you stick with Cam Newton here, because they're also getting a ton of guys back that ended up, uh, you know, not playing last year because of COVID. So High Towers coming uh, back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Yep. So they're going to have some talent there. So for sure. Um, I mean, Bills, Dolphins, like you guys can't be thinking that this division is yours anymore. That's for sure. So I'll agree with everything you just said there. Um, moving on to the Jets, uh, they have two big signings. And that is Corey Davis, three-year, $37 million contract, huge deal. Uh, Carl Lawson, three-year, $45 million with $30 million guaranteed. Those two were the huge. They did sign Jared Davis to a one-year deal, but uh, it's Jared Davis. Um, but those, those other two, they got a pass rusher. They got a pass catcher. Like Those were two of their biggest needs. Um, it's going to be great for Zach Wilson when he's their quarterback next year. Uh, you wonder when that – other trade for their quarterback, Sam Darnold is going to happen now. Like you kind of just get that feeling that that's the route they're going to go. Um, really good though. Like I, I love the Dave, uh, the Davis signing. I actually tweeted that out like in January that I was just like, he feels like he belongs in the AFC East. And a lot of that was just due to them having so many wide receiver needy teams. So it wasn't too hard, but, um, and then Carl Davis, we or sorry, Carl Lawson. We talked about him last episode, very good pass rusher. Um, doesn't get all the sacks that you that you think of like when you get a guy paying that much um his rookie year he had fantastic and then second year end up tearing it tearing his acl so but he he gets to the quarterback a lot just pressure wise so um jets filling two huge needs in early free agency i think that's great and now they can try to build the rest of their team through the draft I'm right there with you. I think the addition of Corey Davis, if he can keep up the production or the type of play that he had last year with the Titans, in addition to Denzel Mims, you have something there. And it's something to be excited about. Carl Lawson, that is a true just fuck it up guy. Like Tree said, he might not be getting the sacks, but he's going to fuck the play up. And you need to have that. And you're able to keep Marcus May, the team MVP. You get the leadership in the locker room. 
So you like to see that. Now we're going to move up to the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. They had an offensive guard in Kevin Zeitler from the New York Giants. I think that's going to be huge. You bring back Tyrus Bowser, and then you're able to keep Derek Wolf, and you add Justin Ellis as well, or excuse me, and you keep Justin Ellis as well. I just think you're able to kind of add some key guys to your defense that you need, and you help your offensive line with Kevin Zeitler um, after the loss of uh, Marshall or uh, Yada, excuse or Yanda. It's it slipping my mind. Yanda. Yanda. Yeah. Bingo. Um, like that helps out. So this is clearly still going to remain a running team. And that's just what the Baltimore Ravens are. They're going to be a run heavy team. They're not going to be relying on the pass. Part of that is due to their quarterback. The other part is they're winning games doing it. So if you're winning and it's working, why stop doing it? That's it. That's about all I can say here for the Ravens so far. You need a receiver. I don't know. Hopefully you draft one that has a good catch radius because you sure as hell didn't get one here. Now there's still several guys left on the board. You got to find a way to make it happen though. Yeah, but there's not, there's really not that many on the board. So um, yeah. yeah, I think that a lot of teams realize that how deep this class is and they're waiting to draft one. Uh, they did end up trading the, with the Jags actually this afternoon for Josh Oliver, which was interesting because Josh Oliver was the third round pick. Uh, he was the pick that they got for the, um, Fowler trade and the dude is just could not stay healthy. He's gotten hurt all the time. He's he played four games in his career because he's because he's missed basically every other game with injury. He missed all of last year with foot injury, broke it in um in training camp year before that. Literally played like two games and got hurt season ending. Then the year before that, barely played. So, um, but I mean, God. The dude is super athletic. If he can find a way to stay healthy, honestly, for the for what the Ravens are, it's just another one of those tight ends that they don't – like they missed Hayden Hurst last year. That was kind of obvious. They, I think they could probably think that Josh Oliver can kind of fill that void in there. So, But I agree, they do need a wide receiver. Um, moving on to the Bengals, uh, their big thing, Trey Hendrickson, end up paying him four years, $60 million, uh, $32 million in the first two years. Uh, this was like a hot topic when this happened because he ends up getting basically 15 million a year and so did Carl Lawson. So a lot of people are like, why did you let Carl Lawson go? But then such so sign Trey Hendrickson to the same deal. Honestly, I, I mean, they're both great players. So it kind of just depends on like, your preference, I guess. And they probably, I guess they just preferred the dude that ends up getting to the quarterback, not the guy that was just getting the pressures. I don't think you could go wrong <laughs> either way, <laughs> but like they're both fantastic yeah. players. Um, they also send Mike Hilt signed Mike Hilton from the Pittsburgh Steelers four year, 24 million, huge signing, a dude that can play inside and out really, really good get there. Um, with them losing William Jackson, they needed another cornerback. This is a huge get for them. Um, I think this is going to be big and especially cause in, in division as well. And then, uh, re-signing Brandon Wilson, just another, you know, guy on, on that roster, just to bring back Brandon Allen, bringing him back, trying to get him to be that probably end up being that backup role next year. So, I mean, overall you fix the defense, you still have not fixed that offensive line, which is the big concern here. Uh, you've missed out on a lot of guys, a lot of guys that, you think that they should have gone after, uh, I mean, you're all in on the draft. Now, everybody knows what you're doing at pick five. Like you, you are now not hiding it. Yeah. If, even if you like signed a dude, like for depth purposes, but like some people could be like, Oh, well maybe you could be a starter. Like at least you could maybe fool some people, but now everybody knows what route you're going on pick five, which is fine. It, I mean, it is what it is. 
Yeah, like I like the addition of Trey Hendrickson. I like the fact that they went and got Wuzier as well. They just keep adding to this defense. They're doing what they can. Now, they did lose A.J. Green. If we can call that a loss, you know, for what he was as a Cincinnati Bengal, but the last couple of years when you look at it and his production for the team hasn't really been there. Been dealing with a nagging injury and, you know, with turf toe and everything like that. And a large aspect is due to the way he runs. Hopefully that is fine with him being down in Arizona. Now we'll get into that here in a little bit, but I do like the moves that the Bengals are making here. Let's get to the Cleveland Browns. They re-signed Rashad Higgins. They get defensive end Tarkis McKinley. Uh, these are all just one-year deals. They were able to re-sign Malcolm Smith. But then the big one is landing John Johnson, uh, the main guy that they wanted to get this free agency, the safety from the Rams. Um, this is a huge get. And he even got high praise from Jalen Ramsey uh, on social media as well on Twitter. It was like, hey, you guys got a real one. This dude knows how to ball. Um and that's just exactly what the Cleveland Browns needed. Now, they've tried to add to uh, their safety through the draft. Delpit, um, who they drafted last year, I believe, in the second round. Um, he I, Did he opt out or was he injured? I just know he didn't. He got hurt. Yeah, he, he, okay. he got hurt. And, and then they also traded for Ronnie Harrison. So they're actually going to be running that big nickel a lot next year. Yeah, those which is going to be great for them, especially with what they have along the defensive line of Miles Garrett. Um I don't know where the weakness is for the or for the Cleveland Browns, to be completely honest with you. They have everything at receiver. They have a huge one-two punch at running back. They have a quarterback who improved tremendously last season. They just they got to put it all together and win games. And this might be it. Like the Cleveland Browns could be making a, a huge amount of noise in the north. And it is very weird saying that with how much of a laughing stock they were when we started this podcast two years ago. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, I was super bummed about the John Johnson signing for them. Uh, it really sounded like the Jags were the favorite all the way until the very end. And then the Browns kind of snuck in and got him. So um, great, great signing for the Cleveland Browns there. Uh, moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, uh, this is kind of a quiet team. They didn't have a ton of money uh, to do anything. So they just re-signed a few of their players. Ray Ray McLeod, who's their kind of their return specialist. They use him a lot on a lot of gadget plays. Uh, Zach Banner for offensive tackle there. Uh, BJ Finn as well and then Cameron Sutton just had to re-sign him to a two-year nine million deal um, after losing Hilton they just needed to make sure they kept some of their defensive backs there to keep that depth there so um, honestly pretty quiet for the Steelers uh, they did lose Bud Dupree we already talked about Hilton um, they haven't re-signed James Conner uh, you got to assume that he's probably gone at this point or they would have re-signed him um, so uh, we'll just see how the draft goes um, that's that's going to be the big thing for them I mean, they could be, I mean, it's it's going to be huge. Like, they, they're going to be able to take Landon Dickerson at center or they can get Najee Harris as a running back. And it's like, what immediate impact do you want? I don't think you mentioned his name. If you did, I could somehow missed it. But Juju Smith-Schuster is another guy who's pretty much told his teammates, hey, uh, I'm probably going to be playing somewhere else next year. Uh, how big of a hit is that to this offense? I don't know. We don't really know how much attention he was truly taken away uh, from being a focal point on opposing defenses game plans, because I think it's easy for a lot of people to be like, ah, he's a wide receiver too. You know, like teams were able to shut him down. He didn't have a big season. Well, yeah, it's easy to have a big year as a wide receiver too. When you have Antonio Brown, excuse me, on the other side of you and you're a rookie. But, like, you look at it this year, Chase Claypool had a big season. You know, had a big rookie season. How many guys were sitting here covering Juju Smith-Schuster? And then when defenses were like, all right, we're just going to man up on Juju, 
he has like big games. So I I think Juju could be a steal of you know the free agency if a team is able to land him. Selfishly, I want it to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Do I think he somehow is able to pair up and team up with Sam Donald if the Jets decide to keep him and give him another year and they trade back from two uh, to just accumulate more picks and continue to rebuild this team? That's what I would do because I think you look at Sam Donald and they've really just kind of screwed him up there in New York with different coaches, offensive coordinators, and just not having any fucking talent on the team. Uh, it all comes down to where Juju lands. I think Juju could be a huge steal in the draft this year and everyone's focused on Kenny Galladay. That's a dude who dealt with a hip injury last year. Like those, you have a receiver dealing with a hip injury. That's pretty scary in my mind. Yeah, I didn't bring up Juju, but that's a fair point. It'll be interesting to see where he he ends up. Um, Galladay, I, I mean, he's going to New York. That's basically it, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Um, I'll go again. I can go with the Texans here. Uh, so the Texans, they have a ton of moves here. A lot of just re-signing guys, but I mean, nothing that like stands out that you're like, oh, that's it. So like, you have Tyrod Taylor, like, okay, you got to back up there. Um, the ultimate bridge quarterback. So if they do trade um, Deshaun Watson, they have their bridge quarterback for a year. Uh, Mark Ingram signed literally like 20 minutes after we got off recording last week. Uh, mm-hmm. So he signed early. He signed a one-year deal, like whoop, whoopee. Uh, Andre Roberts, good return, man. I, I do like that. Um, moving down, let's see. Justin Britt, one-year, $3 million deal. Um, Britt's not what he used to be, but you know, still solid offensive lineman. We already talked about the Shaq Lawson deal. Derek Rivers signs, uh, Malik Collins signed another defensive tackle, uh, Christian Kirksey. That is a, I think that is a good signing for them from the linebacker core. Uh, Terrence Mitchell signs on a two year deal. They re-signed Vernon Hargraves. Um, and then they signed Terrence Brooks as well. So, I mean, they, they're getting at minimum, they're getting depth, which is probably something that the Texans didn't have last year. So, I'm not going to completely shit on like this. A lot of people are making fun of the Texans and stuff. Like, sure, if you trade Deshaun Watson, like the most uninspiring offense ever will be the Texans. Like, oh, Tyrod Taylor handing off to David Johnson and Mark Ingram. You know, like that's just not exciting. And you're going to lose Will Fuller. So you're like, oh, and you're throwing it to your only weapon, Brandon Cooks. Um, so mm-hmm. I can see it being like as a Texans fan being like, oh, man, this is really, really bad, which it does look that way. But also you are getting depth. So I think if injuries happen, like at least you're not going to be as bad as you were last year because of injuries. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how many moves they had made, but I mean, these all do. And just like you pointed out, like they're at least depth pieces and you are right. They didn't really have that last year. I just think, I mean, you're going to have to trade Deshaun Watson. Like John McCain is kind of, I don't know if it's his name's John, the Mr. McCain, the huge beat reporter out of Houston usually has all the inside scoops on the Texans. Um, has now changed to sell and says the Texans are looking to trade Deshaun and they will be, you're going to get a ton of picks out of that and you better find a way to get a receiver uh, back as well, because you cannot just rely on old Brandon cooks, Mr. Concussion himself. Uh, But within those draft picks, you're going to have to hit on those two in the draft because you're losing your quarterback. If you trade with Miami, you at least get two of back in return that's not bad. Like you're not in a bad situation. You pretty much get a rookie quarterback there. You get a young quarterback and you get a ton of picks. Go make it happen. Like, yeah, you lose a huge asset in Watson, but then you're able to 
build a team exactly like you want with that new regime there in Houston. Next up to Indianapolis Colts, uh, two moves. They've traded for Carson Wentz and they re-signed Marlon Mack. I love it. I fucking love it. Carson Wentz is going to be number two, the same number as the guy who just took his job in Philadelphia. Um, but it's also, he was 11, one plus one equals two. So also just connecting dots in case you guys didn't know that you're welcome. I figured out the hard stuff for you, but Marlon Mack getting to keep him and have it with that one, two punch of him and Jonathan Taylor was great for their offense last year. Uh, they just got to keep rolling with it. Like they're, they were close. If they had a strong arm quarterback to end that game against Buffalo, I think they marched down the field and win that game. Yeah. We'll see with Marlon Mack coming off an Achilles injury. That's always scary. Um, you hope that he can come back, but if not, again, you can, you can wait until the second half of the year to let him kind of make, make some plays for all you fantasy players. This does not affect Jonathan Taylor at all. So um, just know that um, moving on to actually my Jaguars here. So um, speaking of teams that have made a ton of moves. Um, so they've made, you know, we've talked about a couple of trades there. Um, they also traded for Malcolm Brown uh, with the New Orleans Saints, which I'm super happy about. Like, for how long have I been talking about that? How bad this defensive line is? Uh, clearly, Urban Meyer thought the same thing because all he's done is sign defensive tackles and defensive ends. Um, so let's just start from the start, though. So, th- so they signed Carlos Carlos Hyde, a two-year, six million dollar deal. Doesn't really make a ton of sense. I don't know really why you do it, but I mean, you have that rapport with Urban and him, so maybe they just like him as a number two. Uh, Jamal Agnew. A good return man, wide receiver, was a pro bowler at one point for returning. So good depth there. Adding speed with Philip Dorsett. Um, okay, it's, he's going to be like a number five on the team, whatever. Um, Marvin Jones, huge signing. I'm actually super excited about that. Um, Marvin Jones on a cheap deal too. Two-year, $14 million. I think that's a steal. Um, we already talked about Cam Robinson last time. Uh, Tyler Shatley has been a guy that's been able to play all positions over the last four years during injury. He's the ultimate Swiss army knife on the offensive line. So loved re-signing cam um, bringing back Dwayne Smoot was a good signing. He had a good year last year. Uh, Tyson Alu Alu former number 10 overall pick for the Jags a long time ago comes back. He's, he's been fantastic in Pittsburgh once he moved to that three, four and now with the Jags at three, four could be a really good signing. Uh, Jaheed Ward, he was with the uh, Ravens last year, new OC, or sorry, new DC for the Jags was the uh, defensive line coach for the Ravens last year. So you got to like that. Uh, resigning Sidney Jones. I, I've been on, on here saying that they needed to do that. So love that they got that. Their, their biggest signing of the offseason, Shaquille Griffin, um, three-year, $44 million. Fantastic signing. And then uh, Rayshon Jenkins out of the Chargers, a great safety there. Um, they still desperately need another safety. Um, there's still a lot of good players out there overall, like not exactly what the Jaguars fan base wanted when it comes to this free, free agency. Like it's not the big name guys, but man, they still have like $45 million in cap space. I don't think they're done in the sense of still signing players, but I'm starting to think that there's a big trade or something coming on. Like they, they have a lot of draft picks. They're clearly saving up this cap space. Like after they missed out, missed out on a couple of guys, like there's no way they're just saving it and not going to use, you know, $43 million. What do you have in mind? I don't know. Like I really don't. So I, I, I mean, I could see, I mean, their tight end room is awful. 
I could see them trying to trade up for like a Kyle Pitts in the draft. I could see them maybe trying to trade for like a Zach Ertz just for a year loan there. Um, and then defensively, I'm not sure. I, I, I honestly don't know. Like I, it's, it's a weird thing. Like I feel like I'm actually super happy with them fixing the defensive line. So you don't have to worry about that offensive line. They re-signed their guys. So I don't think they're going to be spending early picks on offensive or defensive line. So honestly, I think it's going to be like playmakers in the draft, which I mean, as a fan, that's always exciting. Um, but I, they still need one more wide receiver. And they just missed out on uh, Curtis Samuel, who, who just got signed by the Redskins. Like I could see them going after like a, a, a Tony from Florida early in the draft at, at that pick 25. Um, we'll see. I don't know. They, they have a lot of directions that they could go, but yeah, they didn't sign any of those top like three or four guys that everybody thought they would get at least one of. Yeah, um, I like I like the moves that they've made as well. It's I'm very interested in who they could possibly trade for and where they're going to go because we clearly know they're taking Trevor Lawrence at number one, so you have to love that. You also have another draft pick right there in the first round, and you have an early one in the second. I mean, how many picks do they have in the top 50? Uh, they have four, so they have pick one, 25, 33, and 45. God damn. Yeah, have fun with that. Man, it's a good time to be a Jaguars fan and watching them truly rebuild this team. Uh, with a good head coach that you know is going to be able to win. You know, he, at least he did it in college. Surely that's going to translate to the NFL as well. Uh, next year, the Tennessee Titans, um, they pretty much just said goodbye to their entire secondary. They moved on from Malcolm Brown. They moved on from Kenny Vaccaro. They then tried to replace that with Janoris Jenkins here at corner. They're able to keep Jayon Brown at linebacker, which I think is excuse me, huge. They finally get a pass rush here in Bud Dupree, what they've desperately been looking for the last couple of years. And I think they finally have it. They also are able to add uh, Dioko Autry uh, to a three-year deal. You add uh, Kendall Lamb as an offensive tackle. You desperately needed that as well after you release your right tackle. Um, you lost him in free agency. And then the guy who ran to replace him, you just booted him as well. Uh, you also add Anthony Fisker or Frisker um, in free agency here as well to one-year deal. And then you added another tight end in Jeff Swam. Uh, I think these are just mainly depth pieces, but it is interesting to see that uh, they pretty much just said goodbye to their secondary and then they replaced it with one of the guys, Janoris Jenkins. I think it's pretty clear what they're going to be doing in the draft and that's going to be building up that secondary again um, and at least trying to make it a little bit more affordable. With losing Corey Davis, you're going to need to find another receiver. That's something else that they're going to be going after in the draft in my mind. So just keep an eye here on the Titans. I don't, I mean, I'm not excited about this. And I think the guys that you lost on your defense, maybe they weren't huge losses, but to an outside eye, they'd seem a little bit bigger than maybe the way the Titans valued them. Or I, I don't know what's going on there. So I, I'm not going to discredit it. I'm not going to shit on it. It's just questionable in my mind because Kenny Vaccaro had a pretty good year. Yeah, and so did so did Adoree Jackson when he was on the field. Mm -hmm. He did miss some time, but like Adoree Jackson, like he had his rough games, but like there were flashes. Like I was honestly very shocked on that move for them. Um, I would not have. You're saying you can have Janoris Jenkins or Adoree Jackson. I'm taking Adoree Jackson every time, but um, that's just me. All right, that's enough for the AFC South. Let's move on to the AFC West. Um, we'll go with the Broncos. So they re-sign uh, Shelby Harris. Huge signing there, defensive tackle, three-year, $27 million. Uh, Ronald Darby was their big, big signing there, three-year, $30 million, getting another cornerback after letting A.J. Boye go. 
we've already talked about Justin Simmons being franchise tagged. And then just barely a couple hours ago, they end up signing Mike Boone, the former backup to um, the Vikings running back Dalvin cook. Um, so just a two year, 2.6 million, pretty small deal. Um, and they did lose Booker Devonte Booker. He, he, or sorry, Booker was on the um, Raiders. Sorry. Um, Philip Lindsay, geez, there we go. Philip Lindsay, they are losing Cam. He's a he's a free agent and uh, doesn't sound like he's coming back. So they are really trying to fill in that running back room. So I mean, overall, you keep your stud safety, you get a stud cornerback, you keep your stud defensive tackle. I mean, that's a pretty big win right there. Um, it's just all about lock. That's what it comes down to with this team. How good is lock going to be? Yeah. Um. I, that's that's the giant question mark for the Broncos. Uh, and the reports came out today, too, that uh, the landing spots for Deshaun Watson and what he's interested in um, is the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos. I also heard from inside sources that that information is false and that report is not true. There are other teams that could be in the mix. Keep an eye on the Carolina Panthers still and the Miami Dolphins. There you go. That's the information I'll give you guys. Um, and it's true information as well. So, uh, but next up is going to be my Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they've made some moves here. This free agency, a couple big ones here for their offensive line. But I'm going to start on the defensive side of the ball with Taco Charlton. They re-sign him to a one-year deal. In my mind, I like it because he was having a good season. He was having a productive season for the Chiefs before he went down with an injury. Uh, he was really able to kind of pop up and show that he could be the guy opposite of Frank Clark and help create some noise and be an impact for that defense. Uh, but the big additions here, they just signed Kyle Long yesterday, right before we hopped on to record. Um, I like this pickup. Now, my only question is, excuse me, what position is he going to play? Is he going to play guard? Is he going to play tackle? We don't know because you just signed Joe Tooney, uh, which is probably the best left guard that was available here. You signed him to a massive five-year, yeah, five-year, $80 million deal. But the best part is he he's only going to be worth $4.5 million on the cap his first year, which is huge. So I don't know how the hell you do this, but you do. And it works out and it leaves the Chiefs room to go get more guys. They were in the sweepstakes for Trent Williams. He signs the huge contract for uh, or with the, the San Francisco 49ers to be the highest paid left tackle. That's great. I don't know why you're signing a 32-year-old tackle to a five-year deal, but he's making a ton of money. Happy for him. The Chiefs missed out. I like the addition of Kyle Long, but again, where are you putting him? Because you have Louvenet Tardif coming back to play on the other side. It's just, it's a question mark. It's nice to have the addition. It's nice to have the depth, but what's going on? So, Love to see it. Love to hear it. Chiefs got better. Hopefully. They did. I think they 100% got better. I think the Joe Thunny or Tunny. How do you pronounce it? Thunny? 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 I, I, oh, did, Mr. I, Mr. George Tony, can you did, come here, please? That's how I think of it when I hear his name. Oh, I think Tony. I've I think I pronounced his name like four different ways on the on this podcast. I was so. saying Thunny. And yeah, then I kept hearing Matt say Tooney, and I was like, wait, is it Thooney or Tooney? And then I did the old, old Joe Tooney. Come on go. down. There you go. Um, Kyle Long, again, been retired. <laughs> Interesting to see how he plays out. But, I mean, again, I I think that you guys did play um, get a lot better. Actually, right after we got done recording last week as well, you guys end up releasing both of your 
tackles, your left and right tackle as well. <laughs> so um, that's a yeah, little bit of news that, uh, that happened after after our last recording. <laughs> so yeah, it happens quick. Uh, kind of brutal to release. Uh, Oh, Eric Fisher there with, you know, after 10 is Achilles in the AFC championship game, but a hey, business is business. Uh, they were able to save a ton of cap doing it. And in Mitchell Schwartz, they released him as well. A lot of rumors are out there that he might just retire. So keep an eye on that. Uh, or, you know, if everything goes well, he can be one of those guys that comes back healthy. If the Chiefs are still having issues at right tackle, they could possibly bring him back. But I believe he is rehabbing with the Chiefs because the Chiefs paid for uh, his surgery. So they're going to have the inside scoop and look on it. And if they are struggling at right tackle, you got Schwartz right there in your back pocket. Yeah, I like that. All right, moving to the Raiders. So Raiders, they've been all over the place. So they end up signing John Brown after he got released by the Bills. Uh, Richie Incognito, they re-sign. The big one, Yannick Ngakwe, one that we talked about on this podcast. Um, Interesting there, two-year, $26 not near as much as you would think. Um, Maybe smart on him. Deal's going to be bigger. He's still going to be in his – like 28 when he's, when he's a free agent again. So he'll probably get paid another big time. But I mean, Yannick has cost himself a lot of money over the last two years. It's actually shocking how much, like we talk about like how like uh, Le'Veon Bell did for an, for example, right. When he sat out and stuff, Um, Yannick not signing with the Jags, um, taking that offer. I, I mean, before everything went down, right? Like when they, when they offered him, they were offering him like 18, 19 million are the reports per year. So that's quite a bit of money wow. there. So that's, you know, minimum 10 million um, over the last two years. Given if Yannick was here, he'd be saying, yeah, I, I'm going to take my happiness of not being with that franchise right now over, over that money. But also at the same time, he thought he was worth X amount, and the Jags said this. The Jags offered more than what everybody else clearly thinks that he was that he's been worth. So interesting, but again, I'm happy for Yannick that he's with the Raiders. I think it's a great fit there. Uh, Jonathan Hankins resigned him. Quentin Jefferson resigned him. Um, actually, I just saw this one. Solomon Thomas. I don't know when they signed Solomon Thomas. I did not see that until right uh, here. Probably about an hour and a half ago. Oh, okay, that's why I haven't seen it. Um, and then the big news is them basically trading away their entire offensive line. <laughs> so they've traded three offensive linemen in the past week. Trent Brown, Rodney Hudson, um, and Gabe Jackson. Yes. Yep. Is it Jackson? Is it Gabe Jackson? I know I his name's so. Gabe. I don't remember yeah, the last name. I believe it is Jackson. Okay. So, but yeah, all three. That's crazy. Um, For okay. like nothing in return. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they got for Trent Brown. Rodney Hudson, they got a third. Um, and then with Gabe Jackson, it was, I think it was not very much either, like a seventh. Or, and it wasn't a seventh, it was more than that. But like, you didn't get very much back in return. So it's like, what the fuck are you doing, Mayock? Like, literally, what what's going on there in Las Vegas? Maybe they're seeing something we're not. Maybe there's just something going on with that offensive line. It's like, hey, these guys ain't cutting anymore. It's not working out. They're getting paid a ton of money. Adios, amigos. Now, they did deal with some injuries last year, and it kind of hurt their offensive production for a little bit. Uh, but that team can be balanced. And you add John Brown, you add speed. I'm not surprised to see that they went after a speed guy. But for the love of God, stop going after it. Like, stop seeing every short, fast dude and being like, yup, that's the one. The one guy you missed out on is on your fucking rival team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Flipping idiots. 
Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers. They signed Corey Lindsley, probably one of the best center in the league. You love to see that. They add Michael Davis to their cornerback room, and then they keep their freaking kicker. Good job, Chargers. This is a team I'm worried about in the draft, though, because they draft phenomenally, and I don't think they're done either. Yeah. Uh, the big thing is they did lose Hunter Henry, so – but they they had some young they had some young tight ends last year that were making some plays. So um, I think that they are, I still think they're going to be okay there. But yeah, Lindsley also another guy we talked about them the Chargers signing uh, last podcast and great great signing. Um, moving on to the NFC now. So we'll start off with the NFC East. Uh, we obviously with the Cowboys. We obviously don't know about the Dak one. Um, the other two are CJ Goodwin. Um, staying with the team on a two-year deal, another cornerback, and then their other starting, uh, and then Ike starting cornerback in Jordan Lewis, three-year deal that just happened just about an hour ago. Huge signing for them to bring him back. Um, they still desperately need some defensive help, and I think they're going to be heavy on the defensive side in the draft this year. Um, but really, like you keep Lewis who's good, and then you obviously get your quarterback. I mean, it's a win. The moment Dak signed his contract – you won the offseason. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if Dak stays healthy this next year, you should be winning uh, the NFC East. Your draft should be all defense. You should do the Carolina Panthers method two years ago. Nothing but defense. And watch it work. Maybe in the later rounds, add some depth for your offensive line. But, I mean, there's clear weakness on your team, and it's on that side of the ball. You need to be able to fix it. Next up, the New York Giants. They bring in Devontae Booker at running back. They signed John Ross. Um, I remember hearing that, but then at the same time, I, I'm caught by a surprise that John Ross is a New York Giant. There's also rumors that they're going to be able to land Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Uh, I love that for the New York Giants, and I love that for their offense, especially for Daniel Jones, that you get a deep target. You get a guy who can create after the catch, a guy who can get those 50-50 balls in Kenny Galladay. And then John Ross, yeah, he broke the – supposedly broke the record in the 40-yard dash. I still – I believe that was rigged just so he could freaking win an island, but he wore the wrong shoes, so he didn't even get it anyways. Um I, again, I think it was rigged for as hyped up as a 40 was. John Rosso, it's true speed. If he can stay healthy, look out there for the Giants. You love to see it. You are also able to keep Leonard Williams. That is massive. Uh, he received the franchise tag, and then he goes to sign on for a three-year, $63 million deal, 45 of that being guaranteed with a $22.5 million signing bonus, and his cap hit falls to $11 million. What a effing deal for the New York Giants here. Uh, would I have signed Leonard Williams to that big of a deal? I don't know if I personally would have, but the value that he brings to the Giants and that defense is huge, so you have to love it. And if you're a New York Giants fan, you are happy with the way everything has gone for you, especially if you add Kenny Galladay. And Dave Gettleman, surprisingly enough, is able to draft a good class because right there where they're sitting, I believe they're at 12. Um, I was just looking at it. Bear with me a second. We're just a little bit longer. Uh, 11. I was one off. Son of a bitch. Um, right there. That's Michael Parsons range, right? Because everyone's going to be trading up for quarterback. Offensive tackles are going to be flying off the board. Boom. Michael Parsons lands right in your lap. And you add to that defense. You're going to love to see that if you're Dave Gettleman. And I love to see it for the New York Giants. So I'm happy with for them and their offseason additions and what they're able to keep. Yeah. Uh, I, for record, I would sign uh, Leonard Williams to that type of deal. I think he's that good of a player. 
Um, moving on though to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oof! Silence. <laughs> That's who they've uh, signed. Hold up! Hold up! One second. <gasps> That's, That's what the Philadelphia Eagles have done this offseason. Yep. Uh, they've traded Carson Wentz. That that has been their that has been their offseason. So we will Whoopee. move. So we will move on to the Washington Football Team. Who, um, if you guys did not see, they did announce that they are going to be the Washington Football Team for one more year. Uh, in 2022 is when they're hoping to have a new team name. So we'll see there. Um, this team's had a pretty good offseason. So they just signed Curtis Samuel to a three-year, thirty-four million dollar deal. Great signing for them. William Jackson, three-year, $40 million. Really good signing there. We've already talked about Brandon Sheriff, the franchise tag. Great. Uh, very, very good signing there. They love Dust- Dustin Hopkins as their kicker. Signed him to a one-year deal. Fantastic. Lamar Miller, sure, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's probably never going to see the field. Um, and then the, another big one is they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. They are going to roll with Fitzmagic this year. Um, it, I still think they probably try to, you know, they probably hope for like a Mac Jones or somebody to fall to him at 19, which is probably unlikely, but that's probably what they want and still say that whoever it is, they can sit behind Fitzpatrick for one year and he's going to, we're going to roll with him for a year. So, uh, Fitzpatrick thought about retiring and then it was like, Oh, there's another team that will let me start for him for one year. Okay. I'll keep playing. Yeah, I mean, if someone's going to give you $10 million to be a bridge quarterback, sign that deal in my sleep, dude. That's what Jay Cutler did with the Dolphins a couple years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the Dolphins fucked up, but you know what I mean? Jay Cutler was like, hell yeah, I'll get out of the booth and go play uh, another shitty season. Uh, Next up in the NFC North, the Chicago Bears here. Uh, Boy, they got a good quarterback here in Andy Dalton. They franchise tag Allen Robinson. They re-sign their offensive linemen. They add, or excuse me, they re-sign Mario Edwards. They re-sign Deion Bush. They keep Cario Santos. They keep Pat O'Donnell. Uh, so you got your special teams cleared up. That's great. Um, here's the thing, though, with Andy Dalton. Chicago, Fair Band, or Chicago Bears fans, um, they're upset. And I get it. Because you heard... Russell Wilson, you knew there was a big push. Ryan Pace was doing everything that he could. You guys just need to face it. Ryan Pace is a fucking shitty negotiator because you're offering three first, a third, and a couple defensive players for Russell Wilson. Throw the fucking bank at him. You guys are a quarterback a fucking way. Stop trying to trade away Anthony Miller. Keep the dude. He's not that bad. Get him a fucking quarterback. I'm upset that you didn't land Russell Wilson either, but here's the thing. Andy Dalton, he ain't Russell Wilson. We know that, but damn it. At the same time, he's not an awful quarterback. He did just fine with the Chicago, or excuse me, with the Dallas Cowboys and a depleted offensive line and an Ezekiel Elliott who decided to just fucking apparently take a couple games off. You get him here with David Montgomery who finally learned how to run north and south and was like, wow, this is so much easier than going now I'm going to go forward. You then get him Allen Robinson, who is a big target receiver that can stay healthy, unlike A.J. Green and what he had. You also have about seven tight ends that he can throw the ball to. Oh, and you have a defense, something Andy Dalton has never experienced, even with the Dallas Cowboys. The one year he goes there, the defense is like, that sucks. He's able to take the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC North to playoff games. Did they win? No. Was it all his fault? Still no. 
you're fine. You went eight and eight with Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, a guy who can't understand an offensive playbook and wasn't even offered uh, the fifth year option there from them after they drafted him. Traded up, they traded up from three to two to get the guy. Bad decision, but I think they're going to be fine with Andy Dalton. Are they competing for a Super Bowl like they would be with Russell Wilson? No. Here's another thing I'm going to throw out here, though. I don't think they're done because I excuse me. I don't think they're they're done with the trade talks to Russell Wilson because you had those trade talks a couple days ago and it was we don't really have a quarterback to send back to you to where you guys aren't just scrambling to find somebody, especially with you not having money. How about the same deals on the table? Three first round draft picks, some defensive players. And Andy Dalton. That's a little bit easier of a yes for the Seattle Seahawks losing their franchise quarterback because at least you get a guy in Andy Dalton. And again, and again, you've added to the offensive line of your Seattle. You have great receivers. You ultimately do. And you have a defense. A little depleted now, but you still got a good defense. You got it there. Andy Dalton, you can make that work with Andy Dalton in that division. It's a tough division, but you can make it work. So I'm not saying the Chicago Bears are I still have hope. But if Andy Dalton's starting week one and you don't have Russell Wilson, you're going to be all right. You're not out of it, though. Am I? Yeah, so with this trade talk, though, it actually sounds like Seattle was like literally saying yes, and then Pete Carroll came in and was like, no, no, not happening. It sounds like the GM and everybody was saying, yes, this is a great offer. We will take it. And it was Pete Carroll that basically avoided it. So... I mean, give it give it a couple days. I mean, he's we'll just see. pissed. He's he's upset. He's going to possibly lose his quarterback. Talk him down. Give him a couple days to breathe and relax. You rehab the conversation. Now they have a quarterback. I, I'm serious. I don't think the Chicago Bears are out of this. I haven't heard anything. I don't know anything from anybody else. I'm not trying to act like an insider. I haven't heard any of phone calls. But in my mind and opinion, I don't think the Chicago Bears are out of the sweepstakes for Russell Wilson. I will say Sean this: Watson, if, yes. If Russell, Russell no. <laughs> If Russell Wilson leaves Seattle, Pete Carroll is fired within the next two to three years. Yeah, but I don't think it's because it's Pete Carroll's fault that he's not there. I I just also think it's like a, hey, Pete Carroll, you're really old. This team hasn't really done anything since then. We're tired of running the ball so many times a game, and we have these good receivers. I'm actually agreeing with you, though. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Moving on. We have the Detroit Lions. So we all know about the Jared Goff trade, Matthew Stafford trade. So, I mean, Goff, it is what it is. But, hey, you get two first-rounders. That's a hell of a deal. Uh, They just signed Jamal Williams today. So a two-year deal there. Uh, Earlier, they signed Tyrell Williams um, to a one-year deal. Should be pretty good. Um, They brought in, (coughs) excuse me, Josh Hill from the Saints. Uh, so there's good. We talked about last episode how we, we were shocked that they didn't franchise tag Romeo Aquara. Uh, maybe it's because they knew a deal was going to get done. Three-year, $39 million deal. Fantastic signing for the Lions. One of my favorite signings of this offseason. And then, honestly, probably my favorite trade so far. This morning, they trade for Michael Brockers of the Rams, who's not what he used to be, but still has been playing very, very well. Good defensive tackle. But they traded him for a seventh round pick in 2023. Literally in three years from now is when they're going to lose a seventh round pick. 
So I love this deal. Like they basically wow, got him for free. Yeah, they got him basically for free. They it was you take on the salary because we're in we're in a cap situation, is what the Rams were saying. So um I love this deal for the for the Lions. <laughs> Do you think the Rams called and made this deal? Like, was it the Rams are like, hey, I know we've we've already dealt with Jared Goff, you know our situation. Just take this guy. Give us a seventh rounder in two years. You're fine. Probably. And and their GM obviously knows him because their GM worked for the Rams. So, I mean, they exactly. he, clearly, he clearly knows what Brockers can bring to the table. So, he's like, hell yeah, 2023. Let's do this. Half of our rosters are not even put together anymore. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, next up, staying in the AFC North, the Green Bay Packers. Keep Aaron Jones. This is about the only move that they've had um, after losing a linebacker and a couple offensive linemen. Um, you get you get to keep Aaron Jones. This is good. This is huge for you. Uh, he signs a four-year, $48 million deal, $13 million signing bonus, um, and he's going to get $20 million over the first two years. Hey, this is good for both parties. I'm happy for it. Aaron Jones, could he have gotten more money elsewhere? Probably, right? But he wants to win. He likes it in Green Bay. I like this situation. They get to keep moving forward. You lose Jamal Williams. I wonder how much of a help that was to kind of keep the tread on the tires for Aaron Jones. He's now pretty much the primary guy, but they do have A.J. Dillon as well, uh, who they drafted in the second round last year. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I think the Green Bay Packers are still going to be up at the top. I think they're going to be competitive. Um, in this division, it's all over the place, especially with what the Minnesota Vikings did here next. Yeah. For sure. Um, a lot, Twitter went nuts about paying running back and stuff. Everybody, I just need to say this out loud. It's okay to not have an opinion on everything. Um, it, that is actually an okay thing to do. And I mean, this was a good fit for the Packers. They have been plays away from the Super Bowl back-to-back years. Now it is, rather than this three-horse show of running backs like it was last year, like it is the two man show. It is Aaron Jones and Dylan. I think this is a, I think this is good for both Dylan and um, Jones. I think that Jones is going to get more carries this year than he's gotten the last couple of years. So overall, I think this is great for this offense. Um, moving on to the Vikings, huge news: Dalvin Tomlinson, two year, twenty two million dollars. Such a steal! Such a steal! I love that. Um, and then Patrick Peterson, they just signed him just within the last two hours, one year, $10 million deal. So very good there. Um, they signed a linebacker from the uh, chargers to a one year deal and then re-signing a couple of their own players. So overall though, it's, it's Patrick Peterson and Dalvin Tomlinson, two monster, monster signings for them. Uh, good for the Vikings, like really, really good two signings. Yeah. Uh, surprising to see Patrick Peterson go to Minnesota. Um, in my opinion, I thought I not necessarily was a lock, but I mean, the amount of rumors that have been there with him being traded to Kansas city over the last couple uh, trade deadlines and that kind of being the conversation, it's interesting to see him end up in the NFC again and stay there uh, with the Vikings. But I like what they've done uh, getting to keep Nick Virgil or signing Nick Virgil as well to this. You add depth to your linebacker room. Good day for the Minnesota Vikings fans. Let's get to the NFC South. And I believe this is our last division. Excuse me, two more divisions to go here. We're going to start with the Falcons. Uh, they've added Lee Smith, a tight end, uh, with a trade from the Buffalo Bills in exchange for a late-round 2022 draft pick. 
Um, good for them. I really don't know what they're doing because I maybe it's just due to cap space. You ain't got shit on defense. Are you about to pull Carolina Panthers and draft straight defense? Because I don't know what you need on offense. I think you're pretty much fine there. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know they what are. the Falcons are doing. I mean, they've they have, restructured. They've yeah. restructured Matt Ryan's deal again. That's like the fourth time he's done it since he signed it a year and a half ago. So, like, the dude's doing everything he can for this team, and they're just like, hey, hopefully we figured out through the draft. Let's fire our head coach and GM. <laughs> All right, Maddie, thanks for staying with us. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels. But um, they were in a tough cap situation there. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure they'd go defense heavy there for sure. So that's them moving on. Carolina Panthers, we already talked about their franchise tag of their left tackle. Um Two huge signings for them is Denzel Perryman to a two-year deal. Huge linebacker help there. And then Hassan Reddick, they just signed him this afternoon. Uh, One-year deal, $8 million. Um, another just pass rusher getting Reddick next to um, Brian Burns and then putting Perryman right behind Derek Brown. I mean, that's that's some speed and some hard hitters on that defense. So good for the Panthers. I, I kind of like what they're building there. So we'll see how that all plays out. And if they do find a way to get into that Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, they did lose Curtis I Samuel, mean, but I think that that's going to be okay. I mean, you can replace the speed of Curtis Samuel through the draft this year. And if you're able to get Deshaun Watson, this team is one in the NFC South next year with the, even with Tom Brady in the in the, excuse me, in the Buccaneers being there. Like, you add Deshaun Watson, you're winning that division next year. Next up, the New Orleans Saints, they re-signed Jameis Winston. They re-signed Todd Montgomery. They agreed to a three-year deal with James Hurst, an offensive lineman, and then they placed a franchise tag on safety, Marcus Williams. Uh, big news here, you lost to Manny Sanders. Drew Brees retires. Jameis Winston is going to be your quarterback next year. I am not falling for that Taysom Hill bullshit. Jason Winston, Jameis Winston is going to be your starting quarterback next year. Uh, I don't think he's going to be good. But I think he's going to be all right. And I think he's going to surprise some people because I think he's gotten smarter. I wonder how, what his eyesight difference is now because I wonder how much that surgery did help. He is smart. He does understand the game. He, he I say smart and understand, like reading defenses and knowing what they're doing pre-snap. He's just got to be able to figure it out after the snap and make quick decisions and make the right throw. That's the difference. If the Saints can get that figured out with uh, their head coach and Sean Payton and Jameis Winston there and you get – Michael Thomas to play and be efficient and good again. Yeah, that it's it's going to be an okay year for the uh, – excuse me, New Orleans Saints. I'm sitting here looking at Tampa Bay Buccaneers, stuttering over my words, so I apologize. They're all good. Um, the, I actually think it's going to be interesting with the whole Winston Hill stuff because, like, they played Taysom Hill every single game that Breeze was out last year. Like, that wasn't by mistake. So I also think that that could be a little – I think it's going to be more interesting than – what people think it's going to be. Do you think so? Conspiracy theory here. I'm gonna throw this out there. Do you think Sean Payton knew that if he put Jameis Winston out there and he played well in those four or five games, that his market in free agency would be big, like would be bigger and they wouldn't be able to re-sign him? Because that's like exactly what happened with Teddy Bridgewater. It was like, ooh, and I'm not comparing Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston at times in style of play, but just due to the fact that Sean Payton was like, hey, Jameis Winston could actually be the future here. I know Drew Brees is retiring. I can get away with Taysom Hill as quarterback. 
Like, could that be part of some mad genius plan? And Sean Payton's mind was like, hey, it would be nice to start Jameis, but if he just has to sit for a year and learn on any mistakes that Tamis, or that Taysom Hill makes, we're fine. But if I put him out there and play and he plays well and makes plays and has shown the um, production and development and being in my offense and in our locker room, he ain't coming back, and he could possibly be the guy of the future here uh, that we just kind of have in secret after he just shit the bed in Tampa. Or do you think I'm just batshit crazy? I think you're batshit crazy. I, I don't think it that at all. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I just don't – I don't see it that way. Again, I could be 100% wrong. I just – I think that – I think that the Saints have a, have a window. They had to win some games – and they trusted Taysom Hill to win those games more than they trusted Jameis Winston. That's my opinion. Um, moving Alrighty on. righty then. <laughs> moving to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defending Super Bowl champs. They basically said, sorry, I'll let you say it. You, you said it a whole bunch last year. What was, it, what was your uh, phrase that you said a lot for the Chiefs? Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, run so they are, they are the definition of run it back right now. It was – we don't care about signing anybody outside of this building. We are going to just resign every single person. Chris Godwin, franchise tag. Rob, Rob Gronkowski, Gronkowski, signed to a one-year deal. Shaq Barrett, four-year deal. Levante David, two-year deal. Ryan Suckup, resigned to a three-year deal. Kevin Minter, one-year deal. Like they are just re-signing every key part to their team last year that was free agents, and somehow, some way, they didn't lose a single piece, which was. Honestly, super, super fucking impressive. Yeah, good for them. Happy to see it. And that's it. Next up, the <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, they've been busy this offseason as well. Uh, they just recently signed A.J. Green before we hopped on. Uh, pretty much a one-year, $6 million deal. Good for him. They're out, excuse me, they're able to add an offensive tackle in Kelvin Beecham. Uh, a two-year, $4 million deal. Half of that's guaranteed, so good for him. They then make a trade with the Las Vegas Raiders. We've discussed it. They get Rodney Hudson. They then re-sign Marcus Golden. They bring J.J. Watt. We already knew that. You keep your kicker and your punter, uh, which is awesome. Arizona Cardinals got better this offseason. They were able to get some guys to help protect uh, Kyler Murray. The thing is, Kyler Murray has got to take care of himself and his health, or he might not be in the league in another five years. So he's got to be smart. He's got to take care of himself, and he's got to take care of the football. And the Arizona Cardinals got something special there because they're clearly making moves on the offensive line. The same with the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. I know we're going to get into that because everyone knows about the demon dude that's on the Los Angeles Rams and Aaron Donald. You have to find a way to slow that guy down. If you can, by adding the offensive line, you might have a chance. You might. Maybe. So moving on to the Rams, they had three jobs this offseason. Find a way to improve your quarterback, which they did. They got Matthew Stafford. Gave up a couple first-round picks and Jared Goff. That's okay. Um, get under the salary cap, which was number two. And then if you can try to keep that defense together, then that, uh, they bring back Leonard Williams. They put a tag of a first year or first round tender on, um, Williams, their other cornerback who had an amazing year. They did end up losing Josh or John Johnson, like we already talked about, but really that was the one piece that they missed. And they probably like, Hey, we will find a safety to be able to replace him going to be tough, but we will, we will manage doing that. So overall they lost one piece of safety. 
they will find a way to replace that in the draft. So honestly, really good offseason for the Rams, and they're going to be scary with Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I agree. Now you just got to keep Matthew Stafford healthy. That's the only giant if. The San Francisco 49ers, for a team who didn't have any fucking money, my God, they're spinning it. You sign a fullback to a five-year, $27 million deal. You sign Trent Williams to the largest offensive tackle contract in the freaking world for six years, $138 million, $30 million signing bonus, and $55 million guaranteed. Sheesh. How about it, dude? Because that's a 32-year-old tackle. Uh, this dude's going to be – he turns 33 in the summer. He's going to be 39 when this contract expires. Guaranteed $55 million deal. Huge generational wealth that helps you and your family and your friends. Something you don't have to worry about for the rest of your life. Don't blow it. Then you might have to worry about it. But they also add a center in Alex Mack. They gave him for a one-year $5 million deal. Uh, a lot older than I thought. I think he's 34, 36 years old. Um you love to see that, though, because, again, you're adding to your offensive line interior and on the outside at tackle with Trent Williams. You're able to keep um, DJ Jones. You're able to keep or, excuse me, add um, a linebacker. You're able to sign Emmanuel Mosley uh, at, at cornerback as well. And then you're able to keep Jason Verrett, who, once you brought on, has been very productive as a corner for your team. Um, so you're able to keep some key pieces, and that's great for them. Again, this is another team who's in the sweepstakes for – uh, old Deshaun Watson, and if they can land that, they're they're winning the West. Like they're going back to the Super Bowl. Yes, that's all it's going to be. Yeah, they're going back now, to the Super Bowl for sure. Do like if you have to trade Bosa, deuces. I mean, he's played one Absolutely. year. Absolutely, like, of course it's deuces. But when you, you hear when 49ers fans hear that, they're like, why? He's he's a great talent. Yeah, he's been hurt. He had a good he had an okay rookie season. He got several pressures in the Super Bowl. You guys lost that game, and then he missed the next season. Trade his ass. Do you want a cool defensive end, or do you want a franchise quarterback? If I have to lose Bosa to get a guy better than Jimmy Garoppolo, bingo, dealio, love it. I don't know how else you say. I don't know how you say no to that. Yeah, I don't would know you, I would? I mean, fuck it. I would trade George Kittle. I would. I I've heard I've heard Matt say this, so I'm comfortable. He's already dealt with the wrath of it. Bosa and Kittle for Deshaun Watson. See ya. I also agree. I mean, the quarterback position is too important. So yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah it sucks I mean, to do that, but like, yes, you would. I mean, we talked about this a couple episodes ago when I said, yeah, you have to include Christian McCaffrey if you're the Panthers. Yeah, who cares? Like, you you trade Christian McCaffrey in first round picks. Like, there are non quarterback players. I don't know if there's a single player I would say I would not trade involve him in a trade for Deshaun Watson. Like, honestly, I don't know if there's a single player. That's not in, that's not another quarterback. And honestly, even if we're talking quarterback, there's probably only three. <laughs> like there's probably only three or four quarterbacks that I would be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm better off with this quarterback than I am with Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes is clearly one of them. Patrick Mahomes. I'll say it. Tom Brady. I don't care about the age. I will say it right now. If, if you're the pan, if you're the, if you were the Bucks, you're not trading Tom Brady for Deshaun Watson. 
I, I know that's sure. I know I know that's tough to say. Like, because like long term, obviously, because Deshaun Watson is going to play a lot longer. But like, you have this three because he is Tom Brady signed an extension for another three years. Yeah, uh, which we didn't talk about. But like, you have this three year window that you legit could go to all three Super Bowls in the NFC. Um, so, damn, who's your other one? Um, honestly, that Josh Allen, maybe. Damn. So I was going to say Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen. I could I could see the argument for Justin Herbert as well. Yeah, for sure. I easily can see that. So those well, are Tom the- Brady, like the reason I'm stunned to hear that and my argument to that would be is like that team already has a taste for the Super Bowl, so they now know what it takes. And if you can get Deshaun Watson in there, whew, yeah, Ooh. don't don't get me wrong. Like long term, yes, Riley, I would much rather. Out. I would cut much rather out, have Riley. that. But but like, Riley, cut that takeout. That Chiefs would not trade Tom Brady for Deshaun Watson. Do it, do it. I don't, I don't even care. Yeah, it's because that's the, knocking futs, dude. For this ne- for the next three years, I'm going to just trust that Tom Brady is going to do what he does. If the Bucks added Deshaun Watson in the next three years, I would pin them in as Super Bowl favorites. Like, like guaranteed going to the Super Bowl. Listen, they're both amazing, and it doesn't matter. The Bucks are going to be elite with with either one of them. It doesn't matter. So <laughs> no, 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 don't backtrack now. I'm not. I know I'm not. not. I'm still saying. I'm, I'm still I'm saying. I'm kidding. I'm I know kidding. you are. So guys, he's pissed. He's pissed at me. I'm so pissed. So I. I I'll, I'll I'll say it again. For the next three years, just give me Tom Brady because he's a dude that leads his team to Super Bowls. So that's what he does. Yeah, Riley, you need to cut that ASAP. <laughs> yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, people, that is amazing. People will come at me. That's fine. Um, let's see who. Uh, oh, and also Jason Verrett. That you, you already talked I don't about. Want- it, but, sorry. Go ahead. I don't want it. I don't want it to be cut so people can come at you. I just think that's a very interesting talking point that can make its rounds on social. Like that's people will come at me thought. for saying I'm an it's idiot because they, they will also not listen to this episode where I also said sure long term that's better, but for the next three years it's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, um, fuck off. Uh, yep. Next up, CLC Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stick with Jason Verrett real quick. Huge signing for them to get him for so cheap. Like he had an amazing year. I know he's been injured for basically his entire career, except for last year, but like 5.5 million for one year. Awesome. Okay. Now move into the Seahawks. They just signed Jared Everett to a one-year deal. Huge tight end signing for them. We already talked about the Gabe Jackson trade from the Raiders. Good signing there. Uh, Puna Ford, Mellows guy. I know that uh, signs yeah. two-year, $14 million deal, which is awesome. And then they also signed Witherspoon, the cornerback from the Niners, to a one-year, $4 million deal um, after losing Shaquille Griffin um, to the Jags. So, honestly, pretty good. Pretty good offseason. Like, they were super quiet until today. And now, here they are, just making moves. You love to see it. Uh, now, the thing is, you're going to have to do more to keep Russell Wilson happy or is he already just like, I'm done. Get me out of here. It's kind of what it feels like, but it is interesting. I do like the addition of Gerald Everett. I like that you brought in Gabe Jackson as well in that trade uh, and you get to seal up your 
your interior defensive line with Puna Ford. Also know his agent, Murph. Uh, great guy. So happy for him. Happy for both of those guys. Uh, and Witherspoon, it's the dude who kind of had somewhat of a breakout year for the 49ers. And I'm not saying it's like a lock of a replacement for Shaquille Griffin, uh, but it is, it's nice to have that at least someone come in and fill in for him. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, that is it. That's it. That's the teams. A lot of good players still out there. Um, we'll be talking about them next week because there's going to be a ton more signings. So super excited about that. We're out. Tonight we've been talking football.